Hello mamas, Laura here and today we are chatting about matrescence, the period of transition when you journey from woman to mother. Enjoy! Hey mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes, it's time for you to guide you through, let's take some time for you, it's pregnancy with Hello mamas and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Today we are kicking off the matrescence series, delving into the history of matrescence, what exactly this transition from woman to mother involves and the biological, physical, social and emotional changes that occur during this transition from woman to mother. Now this is episode one of a five-part matrescence series with the wonderful Nikki McCann. Nikki is a matrescence educator who helps women embrace motherhood as a catalyst for personal transformation. She runs incredible motherhood circles, online programs, and an incredible podcast called The Dear Mama Project. She's also so beautifully spoken, and I could honestly listen to her voice all day long. There is so much powerful content coming up in this matrescence series. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so you don't miss out. In this matrescence series, we'll be chatting about the recent recognition of matrescence as a powerful transition period, much like adolescence, how we can help women to honor and respect this transition, practical tools and tips to help cushion the transition into motherhood, why the current societal expectations around bouncing back after birth need to be changed, managing the mental load of motherhood, and so much more. Now, we also have a bonus sixth episode exclusively available to members inside the Pregnancy Posse where Nikki answers member questions around things like managing stress and anxiety, adjusting to a change in relationship with your partner after birth, and how we can lean more into our feminine energy to help bring more peace, calm, and balance into our motherhood journey. Now, this entire podcast series and all our other podcast series, along with any exclusive member-only content, is all live right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. So if you'd love to access all the bonus content and listen to or watch this entire series right now, rather than waiting for future episodes to come out, then please do check out The Pregnancy Posse. I have taken my years of experience helping pregnant and postnatal women as a women's health physiotherapist and turned it into an easy to understand online program. When you join the Pregnancy Posse, I will personally guide you week by week throughout your entire pregnancy with safe weekly workouts tailored to your specific week of pregnancy. I also do a weekly Q&A session where I answer every single question from my wonderful Posse members to help them avoid the dreaded Google rabbit hole. And there is also a lovely community forum where Posse members all support each other, along with an extensive resources library, which helps to educate you on all topics related to pregnancy, birth, and and the postpartum period. Now, I would love to help you have a healthy, active, pain-free pregnancy. So just head over to thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about and to trial it for seven days. Now, let's get into episode one of our five-part matrescence series. You are going to love today's chat with Nikki as we dive into what exactly matrescence is. It is honestly one of the most fascinating topics I've personally encountered and one that I know you will love. Enjoy! 
Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, Nikki. Uh, I have been excited about recording this podcast with you for a long time. As we were talking about before we started, I think this topic is A, super fascinating to every female out there, not just pregnant women, um, but B, super underexposed. So women don't know about this. And I just think it is so vital for women to um, to know more about matrescence, know more about their cycles, know more about their feminine energy. And I just think you've got a really lovely way of translating that message. You're very soft in your approach. You're very kind and genuine. And I personally love listening to you. I think you have <laughs> such a nice voice. So thank you for joining us on the podcast. Oh. Thanks for having me and thanks for the beautiful um, welcome. Yes, no, it's, um, it's very exciting. And as I was saying before, I feel like it, I could talk to you for hours about this. So <laughs> we hit record so that we don't miss out on any juicy goss. But I know a lot of women listening to this will never have heard the term matrescence before. And I know it's only a really recent term that I've stumbled across on another podcast. I heard about it. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen a lot of your information you've been popping out there. So for those women who have absolutely zero understanding of this, can you just take us right back to the basics? What is matrescence? Where did this term come from? What do we need to know about it? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. We'll start at the very beginning. Um, so the word matrescence was coined by an anthropologist, um, Dana Raphael in the 1970s. And she used the word to talk about how birth doesn't make a mother out of a woman. The amount of time it takes to become a mother requires study. So that was the first time that she sort of used that word and talked about how women don't just become mothers through the act of birth. There's a developmental process that needs to happen around that to prepare her for becoming a mother. So she also coined a word doula, and that's a word that we all kind of know in the motherhood space. But this word matrescence, she created it and then it just was kind of like buried in the textbooks. It was never really gained popularity and became a part of our language and our culture with motherhood. And then this amazing woman, um, Dr. Aurelie Athen, who is a clinical psychologist and a lecturer and researcher at Columbia University, um, also noticed through her own um, research, she was studying reproductive cancers in women. And she was um, noticing how women were having these big um, transformations through these experiences. And she then thought, I'll apply the same kind of concept to birth. And she started looking through the birth literature, trying to find, you know, what happens to women when they become mothers? What's the woman's experience of becoming a mother? And all of the information really kind of focused on the child's experience of the mother. So there's so much. And even like you would know through your motherhood journey, and I noticed through mine that there's such a focus on the child after you um, have your baby and there's really very little informational resources that talk about how we change when we become mothers and we know that we do um, but we don't have that sort of language or understanding about you know how am I changing and why am I changing and without that sometimes it can feel really disorientating and negative like I remember thinking like there must be something wrong with me that I'm not the same person that I was before and so she was looking through all of this research and she found this word matrescence and um immediately was like this is what I've been searching for and she started applying the concept of matrescence and really digging into women's experience of motherhood 
And that was basically how the word was um, revived or, or found. She has a lab at Columbia University and teaches about matrescence. Um, she writes papers about it and she's really like the world leading um, researcher on matrescence. And I think the one of the best or the easiest ways to understand matrescence, because as you said, so many of us have never heard of this word before and it's sort of sounds, you know, matrescence, what does that really mean, is matrescence is really similar to adolescence. So we understand that adolescence is the developmental passage that we go through when we are going from child to adult and matrescence is the developmental passage that we go through when we're going from woman to mother. So if we just start... There, if you think about adolescence, what was your experience of adolescence from memory? <laughs> uh, the first word that came to my mind was pimples, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I I think I, I remember getting my period. Yeah. I don't remember that being a big deal as such. I remember it just being like this awkward transitional phase. Mm-hmm. Um it wasn't like a, a big celebration or welcome into womanhood. Um, and, yeah, I remember feeling really pimply and awkward and mm. that's they're probably my main memories of transitioning <laughs> into adolescence. Is that terrible? <laughs> no, no, pretty common, I think. Um, yeah, well, I mean, like you said, there's like the, the pimples, there's the hormonal fluctuations, you feel awkward, you can feel a bit insecure. You're starting to maybe think about, who do you want to be? Like, what's my identity? There's this big piece around identity. You know, you're trying to fit in with different social groups and we're looking to others to kind of define ourselves or looking to the culture or what we're interested in to give ourselves this new kind of identity. Um, We might be making new friends, moving away from other relationships. The hormonal fluctuations, a huge body image is also really big. You know, our body's changing and it's like, sort of weird and, and awkward that we've got these, you know, different body uh, yeah. pieces. <laughs> you know, we might be like just changing. Um, we might be just feeling like I think awkward and, and insecure is a really, um, really big piece. And it's kind of similar with motherhood and with matrescence, mm. you know, like your body is changing. You might be having a new relationship with your body as being like a, a reproductive body. We might be um, maybe, you know, um, we might feel more kind of connected to our body. We might feel a little bit less connected to our body. Like some women go through motherhood and they like have this newfound appreciation of their body. For other, for other people, it can be really hard to adjust to the physical changes. Mm. Um, uh, identity is huge. So we might be trying to find our place in the world. Maybe the things that we identified with before aren't really the things that we're connecting with anymore. Social relationships are changing. So we might be having friendships that maybe don't really fit anymore. We might be meeting lots of new friends that are kind of um, we're connecting with because we're in this same stage of life. Um, Our significant relationships with our partners might be changing a little bit. Relationships um, with family members as well. You know, like sometimes we might be, it might be that we're removing toxic people from our life or it might be that we've had relationships that have been a bit strained in the past that are now becoming stronger. Um, We're also starting to ask like big questions like who am I? What does all this mean? What's my place in the world? 
um, there's so there's so many sort of parallels I think between um, adolescence and, and matrescence and um, Dr. Aurelie Athen is the one who kind of came up with that term but I think it's a really good place to kind of start to think about matrescence as being this stage of growth where we're feeling a little bit awkward we're a little bit unsure of ourselves our bodies are changing and that that is a normal developmental process like mm. we understand adolescence as being a growth stage you know it's about us transforming and moving forward and it's the same thing with matrescence although sometimes it really doesn't feel like that mm. um, it can obviously feel really hard and and um, difficult as well but it's about us moving forward and transforming and growing into the next stage of our lives and I feel like if the people listening to this podcast right now stopped listening they would already have gained <laughs> so much insight into the the idea of how much change is actually happening and what you were saying earlier I think really sticks with me now of um, feeling like we're not the same person because mm. we actually aren't mm. so this whole concept of bouncing back or not losing yourself in kids I see that a lot um, mm. that message in society about you know make sure you don't change once you have kids and make sure you stay true to who you are and all of mm. this and that's really challenging for a lot of women to wrap their head around when you've just listed off all these changes that are actually happening. Mm. And instead of finding those changes that we should be actually leaning into them because it's not about losing who we are. It's about shedding layers and growing mm. and developing. And it's not a bad thing. Like it's actually not a bad thing. And I love that you've just explained all of that because it's not about resisting those changes. And it might feel awkward. It might feel funky. It might feel negative. But it's mm. actually, first of all, like a rite of passage it's mm. something that is actually to be celebrated and felt mm. um I just find that also fascinating now you listed off so many different changes that happen I'd also love to delve into because I find this so fascinating our brains actually mm. change so could you talk to us about the actual because for those out there who maybe are still finding this hard to understand I think sometimes when you throw facts, you know, MRI studies, those sorts of things. It's hard to deny that. So could you talk talk us through some of those physical changes that actually occur? Yeah. So if we like look at the biological changes, so um, during pregnancy, we our brains start producing more hormones, but we also grow an organ, the placenta, which is like an incredible organ. It, it obviously nourishes the baby, it buffers the baby from stress, and it produces a lot of hormones. So during one single pregnancy, a woman will be exposed to more estrogen in one single pregnancy than she will the combined total of the cycles for the rest of her life. So wow. a thousand times the amount of estrogen in one single pregnancy than in a, in a normal cycle. You're also getting 15 times the amount of progesterone you would get in a normal cycle. Wow. Plus you're getting um, oxytocin, prolactin, a whole bunch of chemicals. Beautiful chemical cocktail is then drenching the mother's brain in all of these um, sex hormones, which then cause... Um, changes to the brain structure so it's a pruning and a refining of the brain in the areas that are related to um, social cognition theory of mind empathy being able to read facial cues um, being able to think about 
how other people think or feel. And really, it's really all based around these sort of um, nurturing kind of skills, you know, things that we need for the task of mothering. Um, and these, so there was a study done, uh, I can't remember where it was, it was in Europe, where they scanned 25 um, women before they became mothers and then they scanned them again after they had their babies and then they scanned them again two years afterwards. And the changes that they saw in the women's brains were long-lasting, so they lasted longer than the two years. So these changes that are happening during pregnancy are essentially like sculpting women's brains and preparing them for motherhood and their long-lasting changes. So I find that super fascinating for a couple of reasons. Um, the first is that I think there's so such a um, strong message so and social conditioning around, you know, mummy brain and like, oh, she's just a mum now and she's forgotten. And there's this also this kind of thing in the workplace around, um, you know, mothers maybe not being as focused, mothers not being as um, dedicated or equipped or um, to do the job that they were doing before. Whereas you look at this, women's brains are actually being sculpted and refined, making them better at those softer kind of skills of, um, you know, um, um, being compassionate, being empathetic, being able to juggle multiple things and, and prioritise how other people are thinking and feeling. So that's a huge skill. So let's stop talking about, you know, women um, as having, you know, some sort of deficit from motherhood. It's actually... An, an incredible you know, gift that they're being bestowed through pregnancy. <clears throat> um, so I think that's really fascinating. But as well, like just being able to talk about that um, with the people around you and, and let them know the gravity of the change that is happening to a woman through um, pregnancy. So that's huge and that's going to have a, an impact on how she's feeling and thinking and, and how she's responding to situations. I feel like with motherhood, we feel things so much more deeply. Do you relate to that, that everything feels? 100%. Yeah. Like I don't watch mainstream news anymore anyway, but I would be triggered by a random like home and away episode and mm. I didn't even know the characters or, <laughs> you know, I'll... I remember like seeing my son at the park and um, it was not even a big deal, but some of the other kids were like, ha, 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 look at that baby. And I was like, don't you call him a baby? Like I was just in this hyper like mother bear protect my child sort of mode. Um, 100%. And I love what you're saying in that it's flipping it on its head. Like we're being told that that's like a negative thing of motherhood, like mum brain, you're not going to be as smart or as intellectual. You become this fuzzy, forgetful. It's actually amazing. Like it is actually something to be celebrated because your brain has changed so that you can be the best mother to your child so that you can tune into your child. And I was actually having this conversation with my husband the other day. So my children are not newborns anymore. They're a little bit older. They're, they're still quite young, but I was saying to him, because I've just recently learned about these things through you, we're having a conversation at dinner and he's always trying to have an intellectual conversation with me over the dinner table. Mm. And I said to him, J.A., Pia is crying. Mussy is asking me for something. I literally cannot focus on what you're saying mm -hmm. right now. 
And I don't think he feels the same. So I think he can not shut them out. He's like the best dad ever. But I think in his brain, he can have that conversation, whereas my brain is like, Pia, Mussy, like I can't, it's like I can't hold the space for anything outside of that because my children need me right now. And I find that really fascinating. And now I lean into that. I'm like, oh, it's not that I'm ignoring my husband or it's not that I can no longer have an intellectual conversation. It's just that like I'm so wired to respond to them and respond to their needs almost before I even know they need them. So I notice another difference with my husband and I is that I almost like preempt what they need it's, it's like I'm tuned in to what they need before they even need it. Whereas I find with him, it's like five minutes later, oh, is that what you need? And I'm like, <laughs> couldn't you see that? Like, it wasn't that obvious. And it's just these little subtle things I'm starting to pick up on. Whereas like my brain has changed and I genuinely do feel like I respond um yeah, respond differently to, and it's not a good or a bad thing. I'm not saying like pro, pro, you know, female, anti-male, anything like that. It's just so fascinating to then start to notice those differences. And it, it aligns with everything that you just mentioned about those brain changes. And I just think it's so important to flip this narrative on its head. And it's not a bad thing. Women are not less intelligent. They're mm-hmm. actually just amazing yeah. <laughs> for having done all of this. And then to go to work and and, you know, juggle it all and be able to, you know, still have their mum brain but still have their work brain. I just think it's about taking that that pressure off really, isn't yeah. it? Like that, oh, anyway, I'm, I'm hijacking. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I think <laughs> it's important to like, you know, we get, if you are carrying a baby and you're um, pregnant, you're going to get these hormones, you can have those brain changes. And that's basically like a bit of a shortcut for developing those skills. But Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you have to be the birth mother or you have to be the mother to be able to develop those skills. I think it's important to sort of acknowledge that because we don't want to let dads off the hook as well Um, and that they can still develop those skills and those um, sort of pathways in their brain to be able to understand what others are thinking and feeling but it needs to be from the environment they need to be exposed to those situations where they're having to develop those pathways in their brain that help them you know do those behaviors it has to be an environmental sort of exposure whereas through um, pregnancy we're getting a biological sort of shortcut or a um, helping hand to be able to do those behaviors but yeah and I did want to talk about how um, different styles of parenting. So it may be that it's not your biological child, mm. how it is still a developmental passage to go through matrescence. Because um, like you said, biology is just one factor of the matrescence mm. development. So before we move on to that, is there any other changes that you wanted to cover when it comes to that matrescence passage? And I think like um, we've pretty much covered them all, but like in terms of um, biology, biology, as we said, there'll be a changing relationship with your body. So it might be that you feel a bit awkward in your body. It might be that you have a newfound appreciation for your body. Um, And everyone's experience of matrescence is going to be different. So there's going to be so many varying pieces. There's always common threads that we Mm. might both feel the same way about certain things, but your experience of it is going to be a bit different to mine. So um, it is unique to us how Mm. how we move through it. Um, And then I think the one that, you know, we're, that I'm excited about and that I find the most like 
liberating, empowering, but it's also the most scary, I think, well, for a lot of people, is the change to identity, you know, Mm. that question of who am I now and feeling like our old values or our old life doesn't fit anymore and you're sort of in this in-between space where you're like, I'm not who I was before, I'm still me, but I don't really know who that is anymore. And I feel like, as you said, there's so much pressure to go back to who you were before. And that really means that as women, we lose this incredible opportunity to redefine who we want to be. And Mm. for so many of us, we were talking a little bit about it before we started recording, is that we are indoctrinated into a culture that tells us there's one way to be and Mm. it's to... um, be super successful at a career and to earn heaps of money and to do this and to look a certain way and to this is what it means to be a woman. Whereas through matrescence, and it's not just through matrescence, there can be other things that happen to us in our life, but matrescence I think is a really powerful one. We have this incredible opportunity to really sit back and go, well, I don't know who I who I am anymore. That doesn't feel right to me anymore. Who, who do I want to be? Like mm. let me lean into this transformation let me lean into this transition and really um embrace it and and let this change me like let Mm. it change me let me be changed by this experience and I think without language around matrescence and without um acknowledging that yes you are changing and it's scary sometimes but it's also a really beautiful opportunity we miss that chance to really Mm. redefine who we want to be so I think if that's the only thing anyone took out of this podcast, it would be, um, this is really hard, but it's also a beautiful opportunity to give yourself a chance to, to change and transform and redefine who you want to be outside of what you've been told to be by society or the culture. Mm, oh, so good. Yes, I agree. If that's all you took out of it, <laughs> that is just lean in, you know, like it doesn't need to be something you resist. Mm. And like you said, I, I think with most things in life anyway, isn't it? Like when it feels yucky, when it feels hard, mm. that's that's actually the time to lean in. That's not the time to run away and resist and try and blow it under the carpet. Like that's that's when to lean in. And I'm sure you've felt the same or experienced the same, but so many women who all of a sudden start questioning their careers when they are on maternity leave. And I guess I used to think about that more as like physical space away from the workplace. But now that you're explaining all of this, it's so much more than just stepping outside of the office and having, you know, time and space to think about what they want to do. It's so much deeper than that. It's actually questioning identity and values and morals and where they want to go in the future and how that fits in with their new transition and yeah I just think there's something really magical about that period of time you know for most women you are having a chunk of time off and if we can think about it differently I just think that's super powerful. Hey mamas Laura here Can you see why I find the topic of matrescence so fascinating? This knowledge of how gigantic this transition period is would really help so many new mums out there who are struggling with the unexpected changes that motherhood brings up. And I think this information is so powerful to know now whilst you're still pregnant so that you can be prepared for the life shift you're about to undertake. 
If you'd like to learn more from Nikki, please do go check out her amazing resources and find her on Instagram at Dear Mama Project. And I'd also love to hear from you over on my socials at PhysioLaura. And please let me know your favorite learnings from today's episode. And if you are as equally fascinated with this topic as I am. In the next few episodes of this matrescent series, we will be chatting with Nikki about how to redefine yourself after birth and the questions you may want to consider asking yourself now while still pregnant, tips and tricks to cushion the transition into motherhood, why the current societal expectations around mums bouncing back is toxic and needs to change and managing the mental load of motherhood. And if you haven't already, just subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so that you never miss any of our amazing upcoming episodes in this wonderful matrescent series. And if you love today's episode and you want to dive deep into the next four episodes straight away, then you can find this entire series along with all our other podcast series live right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. For most series of the podcast, we also record exclusive bonus content for Pregnancy Posse members. And in the bonus member-only episode for this matrescent series, Nikki talks us through managing stress and anxiety, adjusting to a new relationship with your partner after birth, and ways that we can step into our feminine energy more easily after birth. Inside the Pregnancy Posse, you'll also find weekly guided pregnancy workouts, an extensive resources library on birth preparation, pelvic floor exercises, and managing pregnancy pains and injuries, plus a wonderful community forum and weekly Q&A sessions with myself. Now, I would love to help you have a wonderful pregnancy, birth, and postnatal experience. So just visit thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about and to trial it for seven days. I will catch you soon for episode two in this five-part matrescent series where we'll be chatting about redefining yourself after birth and the different questions that may pop up as you transition through this period. Until then, mamas, sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes and enjoy the incredible journey that is pregnancy.